seconds. Two seconds. Riddell all the way outside to Watford. Three on the way. Oh! And one in! And one in! And then the other way for the ball game! Welcome to another episode of the Hoosier Experience Podcast. This is a live post-game episode after Indiana has just beaten the number four team in the country, Iowa, on the road without Trey Galloway, as Archie Miller was quick to point out yeah, in the post-game presser. Uh, I'm joined by Mason Williams, uh, someone who's been on the show a few times now, uh, to talk about this game, last week's Purdue game, because I know I didn't touch on that, um, much to the chagrin of several people, uh, kind of the, the week off, and then what's ahead for this IU team, because it doesn't get any easier. Uh, despite a you know a huge win over over Iowa, Mason, how you feeling, man? Big win. Uh, yeah, hard not to feel good after that one. Um, there down the stretch, felt like it was never going to end, but uh, overall, really good win for IU and good time to be an IU fan tonight. So, oh, absolutely, absolutely, it was a huge win. Um, maybe, and we may get into this, the biggest win of of Archie's you know kind of tenure here at IU. Um, that that's certainly a. a a possibility, but we may talk about that. So, so let's start kind of last week. Um, I, I hate to just go go back in time after such a big win, but I didn't touch on this at all. And I think the results of last week's Purdue game, followed by a week off because they lost the Michigan State game on Sunday because of COVID at Michigan State, kind of got them in the right mindset uh, for this game. So, you know, let's go back to that Purdue game. Obviously, you know, what eight straight loss to Purdue. Um, Archie yeah. hasn't hasn't beaten him, which uh, okay. Uh, I talked before that game with some of my my coworkers at the Daily Hoosier, and we were talking like you've got this year because if you compare the teams going forward, Purdue is in a much much better shape than Indiana. Uh, they get everyone back, and they add two top forty players. Indiana will lose a lot of its production and gains one top 75-ish player. Uh, so, you know, it, this is the time to beat them. You were at home. They lose uh, 81-69, ironically, the same score as the Iowa game tonight. And, uh, you know, what, what was your reaction after that? I, there was certainly a fire Archie part of Twitter. Uh, I may have been a part of that uh, <laughs> myself. What was your, your kind of reaction after that, that big loss? Um, well, personally, I've not seen much of the social media reaction to it. Um, kind of taking a break from that, but um, personally, ugly, ugly game. Um, a game that was closer than the scoreline probably suggests, um, but it doesn't do it justice. Purdue walked into Assembly Hall and shot the lights out. They shot 11 or 17 from three. It was a 65% clip. Indiana just couldn't keep pace. Three of 18 from the uh, from distance. Um, for a large part, uh, Indiana was kind of close on the scoreline. They'd, they'd make a couple buckets, get a couple stops, and they'd be within a possession or so. And then all of a sudden you blink and it's back to a nine point Purdue lead. Um, you know, it's it, we're beating a dead horse here, but free throws, awful, um, just just dreadful at the line. Um, and they were out rebounded on the glass. TJD, uh, Race, Armand, they they led the way in scoring. They all hit double figures, but nobody else outside of them amassed more than six points. Um, for Purdue, everybody knows Travion Williams, that's their guy. Uh, he was a force down low, um, and they obviously had the accompaniment. Uh, he had the 
the supporting cast of of lights out shooting from from distance and um yeah when it all comes down to it matt painter and his guys they walked down to bloomington and handed archie and the hoosiers their 11th out of their 11th loss out of their last 12 against purdue uh fifth straight in bloomington as you touched on eighth straight overall um games like this just hurt they stick in the minds um and then obviously with no Michigan State game coming up, um, as noted on with the issues with COVID in their program, uh, that one kind of stung for a little bit, but um, I'll let you kind of touch on that before they bounce back in a big way tonight. Yeah, so, you know, that Purdue game, it almost seems like, and and I didn't get to watch much of this game at all because I was coaching, but, you know, if you look at the box score, and, and sometimes that's a dangerous thing, but, you know, one team shoots 11 of 17 from three, the other team shoots three of 18 from three. Uh, you know, a lot of times that that's all you need to maybe look at in a game like that. Um, Purdue has shooters. Purdue is a well-constructed team. I've said time and time again, I don't really think this IU team is is well-constructed for the, the modern era of basketball in terms of why do we have two bigs who can't shoot and then guards who can't shoot, but that, that's all another topic seems to kind of be an overarching thing with Archie. right with Archie right and again that that falls on you you are as as a college basketball coach you're also the GM so you 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 have to recruit and, and I just don't think there's been enough shooting added um when you look at a Purdue team that that features Jaden Ivey that features Sasha Stefanovich Brandon Newman Mason Gillis Eric Hunter I mean these guys are all shooters um Ivy hit a big shot in that game he looks very promising uh, as a freshman for them and he hit a big shot against Ohio State the other night hit a big shot against Ohio State Ivy's a kid I actually played against in middle school and he was a killer back then too uh and, and he's just continued that on and on he's so just haunting he, you isn't he he's just yeah haunting. I mean he just is continuing to stab me in the back um as he as he you know kind of kills IU um but but I think what you touched on was just that week off was the the big kind of kind of point here as we go into the Iowa game kind of chronologically right like if you're IU you, you have to just sit on the feeling of losing to Purdue for the eighth straight time you know Trace has talked about in the past hey like we want to be the team that changes it we want to be the team I don't want to have to make the freshman feel like what it lo- what losing to Purdue feels like and to go out there and not get it done to lose by double digits even if the score necessarily wasn't you know re- reflective of the game I just think, you know, getting a week off in the middle of Big Ten play is is so unprecedented, right? It's like normally you're going on a Tuesday to the barn in Minnesota, and then Thursday you're back at home hosting a top 10 team, and then you're going on the road. Like getting a week You'll off. The Colt Center uh, right. on Sunday. After, so. <laughs> it's just, it's like, it's just a it's gauntlet. Never- it's a gauntlet. And it's, and, and, you know, I just, the more I think about the, the mental toll, the physical toll that, that uh, you know, that can take on, on a kid who's, you know, 18 to 22 years old, um, the more I just think, look, getting seven days off in between games um, had to have been so rejuvenating for this team. Um, you know, Trace, I think, had a really good quote afterwards where he, he said uh, something to the effect of, you know, we were a lost team after that Purdue game. Um, and, and I thought that was interesting, you know, they had to kind of hit the reset button and, and that all leads up to a game tonight where I think many of us thought they had no chance. Uh, I ran a little poll on my Twitter just cause, you know, I thought it might come in handy after the game, no matter what the result. And it turns out it did. 
I got, I got 50 votes and, and 60% picked Iowa to win by 10 uh, of IU fans picked Iowa to win by 10, just 4% picked them to win by more than five, which of course was the actual result. So not a lot of faith going into this game. I think from, from IU fans for good reason, uh, they hadn't proved themselves. Um, and, and really, I think for most of the game, it was just, okay, we're down six, we're down eight. This is headed towards familiar territory, close loss on the road to a good team. We've had this with Wisconsin, and then that run was just, I mean, electrifying. Incredible, yeah. Um, I mean, if you watch the broadcast, uh, just to kind of touch on that week break uh, once again before we hop into this, um, they were talking about how Archie was really just wanting that practice time. And and that week off obviously provided plenty of opportunities, and uh, they got after it uh, on, the, on the court tonight. Um, I think throughout the first half um, – a lot of it was kind of feeling out the zone defense from Iowa. Um, you would see, you'd see them cause challenges for Indiana. They they'd get lured into shooting when they when they shouldn't have. They wouldn't move the ball. They wouldn't dribble, penetrate, and that's how you beat a zone defense like a three-two, like like Iowa's running tonight. And um, I think the biggest thing in that second half, especially um, aside from the great defensive play uh, that arose out of everybody, um, the uh, just the willingness to, to kind of break down that zone from the inside out um, and then just be able to hit big shots when you need it. Um, that run was insane. I think I think I, uh, I, I checked out the stats afterwards and uh, there wasn't a field goal from Iowa for 11 straight minutes uh, from 12 minutes to go in the second half to a minute to go. Um, the only points that Iowa scored were free throws. Um, and that would be insane against Tennessee Tech, much less <laughs> the best offensive team statistically in the country. Right, I mean, you're that, talking that, about the most efficient offense in, in all of college hoops. Yeah, I mean, if you look at any real real metric, uh, you know, I, I tend to use Kempom. If you go on Kempom, I was the number one in adjusted offense uh, on Kempom. They have the highest offensive rating of any team. They score 92 points a game. Um, this is an offensive juggernaut. Why? Because they have a dog in Luca Garza. Who just, National player of the year. Could yeah, absolutely. Um, probably the favorite at this point. Dude's putting up like 28 and 12, um, and he's surrounded by snipers. And the way they've built their team is we're not going to be good on defense, but we are going to outscore you and we are going to outshoot you. Um, and, and if we can't do that, we're going to feed it to this horse in the middle. And Garza, who, who's just a machine, he had 28 and 12 tonight, but it wasn't easy. They made him work for it. And the key to that run, which I think at, at its peak was 23 to three in the second half. Um, Ended up being 29 to 10. 29 to 10 in the second half. I mean, the key to that was, was defense. And I think what we saw was Indiana kind of hit its peak defensively. Like that, that's what Archie Miller wants is defense to offense. And when they were able to turn up the defensive intensity I, it wasn't so much that they were getting buckets off of like transition or anything like that, but it was just like, they, they found a rhythm on offense where, you know, trace was on the bench with four fouls race was on the bench with four fouls. And you've got a line about there with Jordan Geronimo's out there. Jerome Hunter's out there as your bigs against Luca Garza. I mean, it just sounds crazy to, to, to think about. And, and then you've got Finnessy Franklin and, and Durham who all played all scored double, double figures and Finnessy was the catalyst. I mean, he was, he was moving the ball against the zone. He was hitting timely shots. Um, really just confident Rob, uh, six of 12 from the field, 18 points. Um, 
you know, Rob was super, super good tonight. And, and they just, they found a rhythm against that zone. I, you know, Rob told me after I asked Rob after, and he said that he, uh, you know, Archie got into him pretty, pretty good in the, in the at halftime about, about that zone. Like, Hey, we can just run our normal offense against this zone. Like it doesn't have to get in our head. And it didn't because it, it wasn't a good zone. Like how many right. times did they leave the dunker spot? Jordan Geronimo on the first half got an easy dunk. At one point they even left trace down low wide open. Like, no, I was not a good defensive team. I, I kept yelling like in the first half, Trace had Garza on him in a one-on-one and it looked like he was almost afraid of Garza on the defensive end. It's like, no, you're supposed to be afraid of this guy on the other end. He's a terrible defender. Like take right. him to the rim. Uh, so I, I just think, man, I, I was so impressed by the offense in, during that run and, and just kind of the rhythm and flow that they played with that, that I don't think we've seen this year so far. Yeah, I think one of the most impressive parts about that is you already touched on it. The foul trouble that, that trace and race were in, they were on the, they were on the sideline for a large chunk, um, a large chunk of that run. And a lot of it just relied on moving the ball, just, just finding open shots. And and a lot of it relied on that youth that we have. Um, If there's anything we do have, we have a surplus in guards. So a lot of, a lot of ball handlers, a lot of ball movers on the, on the court. Um, and just being able to to run the offense normally and not not getting your heads about it because you're right. Once you get it to that high post, they left that dunker wide open right on oh, the face so many times. Yeah, he was wide open for at least five ten possessions tonight. And um, when when I was able to find it, they were able to capitalize. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it it just felt like they it just felt like they kind of turned a corner. And I think Iowa's defense is a good team to do that against offensively. Like, let's not make no mistake about it. I think they rank 180-something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not they're not good defensively. Like, let's not get that twisted. Um, but it, it just felt like Indiana, everyone on Indiana kind of played to their max. You know what I mean? It, you know. You, you got Durham who, who was, was steady. He wasn't great only, you know, but, but got to 14 points shot nine to 10 from the line, which was huge in a game. I, you went 21 of 35 from the line, um, you know, plus 16 plus minus for Durham. So like he was hugely important uh, five rebounds, three assists. Like he was very important, even if he wasn't filling up the box score, you know, I think Franklin didn't have his best night, but he still contributed six rebounds, good defense, 11 points kind of timely shots, that big three in the corner uh, during that run. Uh, Finnessy, obviously the catalyst, as we talked about, Jackson Davis was every bit his dominant self. Um, yep. At times, I, I think I wrote this, like he and Garza were just going back and forth in that first half. It's almost like Ali Frazier, like he's just punching back. You got Garza on one end, just like mechanical baby hook, going to the right every time, throwing it up and in. Then you got Trace, just like, He's got the big highlight plays. He's like doing the athletic he stuff. Went for, he went for a Blake Griffin type poster at one point. Tonight. Oh yeah. He went for it all. He went he for it all. From what seemed like three point yeah. line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He got fouled. It had no chance of going in, but I, I appreciate him trying the one where he just, he got him on his hip. He faked this, just spun him off, threw down that. Dunk. that was, oh, that was a great play. That was dirty. Uh, he had seven rebounds as well. Obviously he was in foul trouble race who like one point, but just, unreal defense on Garza when he was in there like that's just peak race is like I'm so unselfish I'm doing everything I can to help the team uh you know Leo I felt like Leo was like dude pull the trigger like Leo would I I remember saying that at least a couple times there were times where he had the ball and it he just instantly looked for a pass he got it I wish he would be quicker and not think about it so much because 
this game might not have been as close. Right. I mean, he finally does it. He gets a, he knocks down the three, of course. Um, his form is just picture perfect. Uh, he's going to be a good player. I think um, even Lander, like not making mistakes on offense, playing good defense. He got a steal. He got a block or, you know, he didn't get a block. He got a steal. Um, you know, only played what four minutes, didn't score, didn't shoot more importantly, <laughs> because when he has shot, hasn't gone in. Uh, it's been 10, I think he's 10% from two. So he's one of those players where you, you kind of hold your breath when he comes in. He's, yeah. uh, he's very Troy Williams esque. He's, yeah. he's going to fit in a system, do well, or he's going to march to his own beat. And, and most of the time when he does so, it, it doesn't benefit the team too much. Yeah. I mean, you and I were texting. It's, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, like just kind of when he checks in, it's like, oh boy, here we go. Like uh, yeah, because he is a roller coaster of a ride sometimes. Um, I just like, I like watch, just watching him when he comes in because you'll see all kinds of stuff. I mean, high level flashes tonight, but sometimes you see just unbelievably bad defense. You know, he obviously puts up some questionable shots to say the least. Uh, there are some moments where you wonder how he, how he got a roster spot, but yeah. it, it's also important to remember he is young. He yeah. did reclassify. Um, yeah. Whether that means we should be running him out there against big guys in, well, in our houses like this. I'm not sure, but. Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't think I, I even made the remark at one point in the second half. I'm like, he's not touching the floor in this game. Uh, you know, I, I just told my dad, I'm like, yeah, he's not, he's not coming in this game. Minutes sure. later, I see red number four at the scores table. I'm thinking, oh, my God, what? He's out, he's out there adjusting that shooting. Yeah, like, he was. I saw him pulling that, that up. We don't, I saw him we don't need you to do that. We don't no. need you to do that. How about you get rid of the shooting sleeve? Because it's not it's not doing anything. For you. But it's, it's. I mean, he, he played well for, for what it was. Uh, for, for him to come out in the spot that he did in the second half, in a close right. game, on the road against a great team, and to play relatively well was impressive. You know, Hunter was – was whatever uh, probably the one that you would say wasn't very good. Still somehow ended up a plus sixteen and the plus minus. <laughs> Again, he was, say he's... he was on the floor a lot for that run. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was one of our bigs, if you call him one of them. So. Yeah, I mean he's like a slow wing. It's funny, like he, he doesn't really have a, a great position. Uh, I guess he's a four, but he's not quite tall enough. So you know, drums a good player but he'll rattle home a three every now and then it'll it won't look pretty but it'll go in sometimes nah he's yeah he's a character for sure i mean he, he <laughs> takes some shots that's like okay don't know that we needed that there but he is a, a you know a relatively good offensive player and then of course jordan geronimo who i'm saving for last year um comes in the game during a, a pivotal portion he plays 10 minutes felt like he even played longer than that um not only was he playing some of the best defense on Luca Garza um, and, and the announcers on FS1 kept saying, well, you got to throw him in there because you don't have Trey Galloway to guard Luca Garza. And I was like, what? Like they kept, they, they went back to this multiple times where they go, yeah, like without, with the loss of Galloway, they, that's another body that they could have thrown at Garza. I'm like, he's six, four. Like it wouldn't, he's not nearly as strong as Geronimo. No, like he would never, I never guard Garza. But anyway, Geronimo comes in, fills in admirably seven points. Um, you know, they ran the, they, they ran the Geronimo pick and roll, which was awesome where he throws down a huge dunk. Um, I didn't awesome. think I'd be saying that going into this game, but it, it happened. Um, he just battled, man. I, I love his intensity. I love his, his just, 
he just doesn't look like he's scared. I think a little bit earlier in the season he did. And, um, you know, getting Leo, getting Geronimo, getting Lander time should be important as we go down this stretch. And it, it might not be easy because of, like I said, uh, and I, you know, they, they're entering a, a murderer's row here of games, but those guys are the future and, and they, they need to get, get some PT. So I was impressed with them tonight. Yeah, I think Geronimo is definitely shaping up to be probably my favorite freshman from this class. He has yeah. uh, athleticism uh, off the charts. It feels like when he takes off, he's going to jump out of the gym. Yeah. Uh, like I legitimately thought on that on that Geronimo screen and roll, uh, when we finally got him to switch into man defense down the stretch, um, it literally looked like he was going to he was going to take the roof off. Yeah, and I mean, he, he did. Flew. He threw it down thunderously. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome to see. Um, just – you know, I, I just appreciated how even once they figured out the zone, you know, Iowa tries to go man and, and they just kind of shredded it as well. I, it was just a great offensive performance. Much is going to be made about the defense and for good reason. This was a, a you know, a, a shutout almost in the second half for, for much of the second half against, again, the best offensive team in the country. But right. to score 81, to, to do it in the manner that they did, I thought was just so impressive. Um you know, eight of 17 from three, that's always uh, been a talking point with this team. Rob, four of seven, he's becoming very consistent from beyond the arc. Um, so I, I guess, you know, maybe we take a step back here and, and just kind of assess, you know, where this one ranks when the Archie Miller era, I think there's a, a, a legitimate case to be made that, and, and I saw my colleague at the Daily Hoosier, Dustin Dopperak, who's a good writer, you check him out on the dailyhoosier.com. I saw him mention this in, in, on Twitter where he was like, it could be, but we got to see what happens afterwards because he made the, the great point that we've had a lot of kind of big ish wins, but they've just been outliers. They, they in, in the Archie era, they don't, nothing follows it. It's just a, a big win. Cool. And then a loss to a mediocre team, you know, uh, whatever. There's no momentum that is caused because of these wins. Do I think this one could do that? I absolutely do because I think IU. Uh, I, I'm just kind of a believer in this team. Um, so I don't know. I think it could happen. I think it's going to be a little bit hard to assess that uh, until later. But we, I, isn't this the win you think that you could look back like we're at the end of the season. I use made the second weekend in the tournament and we go, hey, that Iowa game was the turning point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, some other ones that come to mind, maybe um, Archie kind of had a run. And he, I guess he still does since we didn't play him. We haven't played him this year where we kind of own Michigan State under yeah. Archie. Um, yeah. We've had some big wins against them, but like you said, nothing really follows after it. Um, the Marquette win uh, a couple of years ago. That was a big uh, one. Conference, that was a big win. That was at home. Florida State last year. Florida State last year. Um, but I think as far as like, even even with those games being outliers, even if this one becomes an outlier, which let's, let's pray to God not because yeah. – yeah. um, with the gauntlet that we're facing next, this is going to make or break the season. It'll make or break our bid to the tournament. Right. Um, you know, I think I think still this is probably the most impressive of even those outliers um, to, to shut down the best offensive team in the country the way they did at home. I mean, I know it's not a, I know it's not there's not really home court advantage this year, but still there's something to be said for being able to wake up in your own dorm room or whatever instead of get on a plane the day right. before and go. Right. Uh, You're on rims. You know, I, I would say that this is, this is, if it's not the best, it's certainly like second or third. Um, but if, if I goes out and I'm not exactly sure of our next opponents, but I know, I know they're tough. Um, yeah. We'll go through that. We'll go through that. 
Yeah, I, I would say if, say, maybe we, we sneak a couple more out of this stretch, out of this next five or six game stretch, I'd say, yeah, this is this is the turning point. And I think if there was a, a certain turning point that I had to point to in the single game tonight, um, the I'm not sure if you remember, right at the end of the first half, uh, they threw the ball down to Garza in the post, and we hadn't double teamed them all night. And and we, we got a double on them. And we forced a shot clock violation, and we didn't. We didn't even go score yeah. on, to to finish the half. But it felt like okay, we figured out a way that we can stop Garza. We figured out a way that we can stop their offense. And, you know, C.J. Frederick was out in the second half. Jordan Bohannon laid a goose egg tonight. But yeah, so shout out I Bohannon, think- who's the ultimate talker on Twitter. This guy never shuts up. He's got his own podcast. Like cool for him, whatever. Goose egg. What do you have to say about that, dude? He is. He's he's a guy that's kind of gained a reputation over the past couple of years as an IU killer. Yeah. So so this feels pretty good for IU fans that that don't like trash talkers. Um, you know, right. I would say that that's probably the turning point. But if if the Hoosiers continue the way they are, and even if they drop a few along the way, you know, they make it to that second week in the tournament, they'd be like, yeah, that Iowa win is what is what turned this program around. Yeah, and so okay, you say five or six next five or six, and let's look at those, see what, what they could potentially so we got do. Rutgers next, right? Um, so Rutgers at home is 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 a winnable. I feel one. like you can't drop that. You can't no, drop that after no. this. That will if they drop that one, and they will be favored in that one. I think um, you you just that's going to kill your momentum. I mean, it just is. Um, yeah, you, you cannot drop it after. Especially a game. because their next three after that are at Michigan, home for Illinois, and then home for Iowa again. Michigan lost their first game, right? Like they were up up until about a week ago now. So Michigan just got beat pretty bad by Wisconsin. Uh, Or no, they they beat the crap out of Wisconsin. They got beat pretty bad by Minnesota, right? Went up to the barn. The barn is a tough place, man. It really is. And and thank God we don't have to go there. We get Minnesota at home. But, you know, okay, so they they need to beat Rutgers. At Michigan, home for Illinois, home for Iowa. I'd be happy with one of three there. I mean, just get one, steal one. I think I'd say probably um, probably your best chance of those three is probably the Illinois game. They probably, they, yeah. they looked decent against Illinois on the road earlier this year. It wasn't it wasn't a pretty game either, and I actually didn't catch that one. Um, but I'd say the Michigan game is probably toughest. I mean, I obviously Iowa with their offenses, you're not gonna you're not gonna shut down Iowa like this again. Um, no, they they're gonna want revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd say if you get counting a Rutgers game, you have to get it. Um, if, if you get two of those four, um, tournament resume looks pretty good. You got a lot of, you got a lot of tier one, tier two wins with right. the net rankings and all that, all that garbage. Right. Yeah. Uh, and quad one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever <laughs> terminology they like to use. Um, yeah. but I think you're looking at a tournament team if they went, if they take two out of four. I think so too. Um, you know, going to Northwestern after that, then they get Ohio State and Minnesota. So some some tough games as well after that. Um, and, and they finish with not, Purdue. We did drop Northwestern earlier this year too. We did, yeah. And then obviously they got to make up the Michigan State one, which on paper that Michigan State game looks like one of their easiest remaining, which is unfortunate they play them twice. So, uh, you know, it, it's tough. They got to go to Purdue to close the season, to Mackey. They get Michigan again at home. So it's a tough, tough schedule. Um, but, but conference. Fortunately, yeah, fortunately conference. that will be rewarded by the selection committee. You know, right. that that's taken into account, obviously, uh, how, how good the big 10 is. Um, 
so look, I mean, again, it, it would be the most Archie Miller thing to just come out and lose by 10 against Rutgers uh, this Sunday. I would, it wouldn't shock me because I've seen it before, um, but it would disappoint me pretty, pretty strongly because it just does feel like this win is super, very significant. And given how they did it, uh, when they did it, where, you know, where they did it, um, it just, uh, it would be really, really kind of just sad if they came out and just, just didn't let this manifest itself into any momentum. I got a, I got kind of a question for you. How hot do you think Archie Miller's seat is right now? No, I, I don't think, I think, I think he's safe this year, no matter what, like just I, like with everything going on, the like, COVID stuff. And, you know, I, I don't think this administration is, is going to be like the most harsh, I guess. Um, I think Scott Dolson, the AD and, and just kind of the overall IU, like, I, I think they're pretty content. Um, but, you know, I know the fan base, like what pull does the fan, I don't know what pull the fan base has, like clearly it's some, but uh, you know, I don't know. And, and they really, man, they came out, came to play tonight. Yeah. Um, but, and the other thing, like, just from a long-term thing, again, it's like, I hate to just kind of be Debbie Downer now because we've gotten down a whole nother rabbit hole, but it, it's like, what, okay. You make the second weekend of the tournament, right? Like, let's say you're a seven seed or a 10 seed. You, you make the second weekend and you lose to two seed, whoever, right? Like, right. Is that enough momentum for the program? Because the recruiting hasn't gone great, right? You've got Logan Duncombe coming in, who's a, a top 75 kid, won't be ready to, to play big minutes right away. You've got, you know, you've struck out a few times recently with, with Kaufman and, and Muhammad and Mason Miller and, and you know, it's these guys who, who we easily could have gotten. And, and it seems like you're coming close, but not actually landing these guys. You know, CJ Gunn from Lawrence North will commit on February 6th. I, I'm I'm pretty confident he'll come to IU. We'll see how that goes. Um, it seems like a stretch like this happens every year where we, the recruiting decisions start coming out and it's like, man, IU should have, it feels like, it feels like they were in on him. Like what happened? Right. And for as such, for as big a win this is, and it absolutely is, you can't help but feel a little bit like, okay, well, you know, we, we can't trust prove Archie. It. Yeah. Prove it. Prove this is actual uh, a momentum builder because you know, if they, if it, if they rattle off, you know, six or seven wins here, uh, not in a row necessarily, but, but just kind of, you know, beating some of these good teams, that would be to me real momentum, but even, okay. Just even if they get to that scenario where they lose to a two seed in the second round, like where, you know, I, I just don't know, you know, cause, and I've talked about this a lot. You, you have to have an eye on the future. You're, you're going to lose trace. I mean, you just are, you're going to lose Durham, you know, Bronx, obviously, gone and, and so there, there's just a lot of uncertainty in the in the front court and and i suspect that the the solution to that will be dipping our toes in the transfer market because that seems to be kind of the way we're going here with college basketball yeah. um but it just it's it's murky i mean it, it is uh the future is not clear um because life beyond trace jackson davis is 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 a little sketchy because we then then you you know for a fact you you don't have that go-to star on the roster right now you don't need right. it necessarily but it's very nice to have as we saw tonight right um i think it's it's we it is kind of like not to not to go back um in time to a previous administration or a previous coaching uh staff but uh i remember creens last year right um the big win against kansas to begin the year the big win against north carolina but they dropped the the 
IPFW game, who's now Purdue Fort Wayne. They dropped that one. Right. And then they they didn't do so hot in conference. And I again under previous administration, under different coaching staff, different circumstances. But Archie or sorry, Kareen was fired um in a situation that Archie has kind of endured the exact same almost where it's a season that's kind of riddled with a bad conference schedule, bad conference record, but some, some decent non-con wins that, that don't really prove to be much at the end, because at the end of the day, we haven't made the tournament under Archie. And um, I don't know. It's just, for me, I feel like maybe his seat is a little bit hotter, but then again, I'm, I'm no insider. Um, I'm just a glorified fan at this point. Neither am I. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'd be very surprised if it happened this year. Uh, you know, I yeah. think I think undeniably, you know, kind of talking about the future, like there's a very real chance that they're not that good next year. Um, and that's kind of what I'm trying to say here without really saying it. Um, because again, like we're coming off a huge win and now we've gone down to like depressing future talk. But, it, you know, there's things about this season that I wish, you know, you wish Lander would be at least showing something to make you believe, okay, this guy's going to come back and be a stud next year. He's yeah. not, you know, Franklin's a great, great, like number three, number four guy, but does what do you he do when he's your number one or number two? Option? I mean, right now he's the number one coming in next year, you know, and you get Parker Stewart, who it looks really, really good. Uh, the UT Martin transfer who, who may be available this year and, and, and definitely will next year. He looks like a very nice addition. Um, but when you lack that go-to guy, uh, it's just in the Big Ten. Like, what what do you do with that? I mean, look at Purdue. Purdue gets everybody back. They get everybody right. back. And the, what Matt Painter has done there is nothing short of extraordinary. I mean, I, I'm just I hate to say it. I'm the biggest Matt Painter fan. I think that guy I, is I such a Matt. good coach. He is I love such Matt. a good coach. He he consistently builds a team that will always compete. Yep. You know he, like you said earlier, he structures his teams great. I mean, it's it's such a such a better, more modern approach to structuring a team than than say Archie has. And whether Archie's trying to do this or not, you know, the 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 point is, when it when it comes time to field your final roster to to suit up fifteen guys or however many it is, and and you get in the games, Purdue genuinely has the better structured roster and and more cohesive team every single year, and it's. It's not the Mr. Basketball that we've had for three straight years. It's, who cares? I don't care about who that. Who cares? It's, it's a team full of guys that shoot shoot 500 shots a day on their on their garage hoop, and and there are lights out from three like Stefanovic. I mean, I hate the guy. I just right. okay. There, I don't want to get off on a tangent. Obviously, no, go ahead. in their ear, they're irritating. Um, but they're you have to respect what they do as a program, right? I, and that's my thing. Like I obviously like, look, and I get, I get, I, I am not afraid to tell people this. I just love Matt Painter. I just do. I think he's an incredible coach. I think what he's done there is, is build a team full of just tough guys. And, 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 and that's why I think it's unfair to Purdue. And and I'm not defending Purdue here necessarily, but I am saying that when IU loses to Purdue, as it has for the last eight times, you, you get this, like, this like shock from the IU fan base. And, and, and as much as it's like, it should be disappointment. Yes. Because that's our, our tribal dude, like give a little bit of credit to painter and his players. You need to have respect for them. I mean, these are, 
consistently. They don't get enough credit. Those players do not get enough credit. You know, IU fans, uh, as much as I love us, we, we tend to get a little, a little on our high horse where it's like, no, look around. Like they just have better players. Like it's hey, not. I, I'm more than willing to say I've been on that high horse too. And oh, I, yeah. think, I think oh, we've yeah. all, we all have been, but, but there's times where you look, you literally just have to step back and say, they are clearly the better program right now. And oh, absolutely. And they're they set are, up perfectly for the future. Right. And they're in every year they go in and the, the, the expectations are always loftier for IU because we're the blue blood and, and flashy, Purdue, everything like that. The Bob yeah, Knight. And Purdue is just right. We go back to Bob Knight who hasn't even been a coach here in two decades. Yeah, now. Hey, yeah. You think a lot of 18 year olds are responding well to Bob Knight talk from Archie? Nobody who's cares more about what Bob Knight did. You think Trey Kaufman, the only argument for Trey Kaufman to come to IU was, it's IU. Okay, nobody cares. What have they done? What is is IU now? Because IU is not what they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And it's like, I think that's what, IU has a very loyal fan base. I think anybody would say that. Um, But it's also a very, um, how do I I say this? Very past-focused, like, kind of expecting us to be the blue blood because of what we've done in the past and in a world that's very what have you done for me recently mm-hmm. we've not done anything you know we've not nothing nothing the the how many you think these recruits are reading you know uh the power of negative thinking night all these books by bob knight no they're not reading those books they're not reading a season on the brink these, these are iu things like this is not a a random kid from maybe a kid from Indiana, maybe, but they seem to pass over some of the kids from Indiana that I think would have been good fits. I, I, I've been on this bandwagon, but Alex Hemingway, who was a kid at Cashel High School, which is, is nearby uh, where, where I live in Evansville, Alex Hemingway, who, who's now plays for Clemson, completely passed over by he's, he's a, your typical Indiana kid. He's a shooter. Uh, he's like six, three, a guy who likes to run off screens, a guy who just, just is Indiana basketball. Like he, he, he looks like Jimmy Chitwood. I mean, this guy, he's like literally Indiana basketball in a, in a person and was completely passed over. Now he's making two and a half threes a game as a sophomore for Clemson. You, are you no. above those guys? Are you above those guys? No, no. you're not above those guys. I'm not. And I think, I think so many people get stuck into thinking like, Oh, he's just never going to see the floor. Cause like, Oh, we have, not not to rag on our guys that we have, but it's like we have the flashy players. We have Trace. We have Al. We have Rob. We have Armand. You know, we have we have all these big names. Like, yeah, they're some of the best players in the state. We're not denying that. But like, you need a supporting cast. Like, to to relate it to the NBA for for some odd reason, the Nets and their big three made their debut last night, and they they lost to the set. They lost to the Cavaliers, who who are just a bunch of young guys that can shoot the ball and and, and play basketball well. And right. does that mean that this the Cavaliers are better than than these players overall? No, but can they put together a more cohesive unit and and play better basketball from time to time? Absolutely. And and guys like that make a roster. You know, you can't just have one or two star guys and then just a bunch of, you know, a bunch of sidebars a bunch of sidekicks you need to have a supporting cast that's that's just cohesive as a unit and knows how to knows how to move the ball knows how to put it in the knows how to put the round orange ball in the round orange hoop that's what it comes down to at the end of the day that is uh, basketball and it's something that iu has not been able to do 
nonetheless, let us enjoy this win. Um, huge win on the road. Um, just, just again, we, we've talked about it. it. It is a very, very impressive win. Credit to Archie for executing a game plan. These guys were prepared. They were prepared for Garza. I mean, you saw how many times did you see in that second half? Guys just out of nowhere, doubling, tripling, whatever it was. I mean, he, he saw a lot of different looks. It was almost like a rookie quarterback, you know, where you, you have a defensive coordinator disguises different looks and, and, and they did that really, really well. Um, and, and, you know, they, they, it was funny. I, I, I mentioned this to you guys, like they didn't rebound and they didn't shoot free throws well. And those are the two things that you'll hear coaches always harping on, but they won the game because they played defense. Um, right. They played defense and, and they were able to get into an offensive rhythm. Um, yeah. I think I'll just, I'll just throw a word out to, to any IU fan that's listening. Uh, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably tuning into most of the games. Um, but if you haven't seen this IU team play yet, this game against Rutgers is probably should be the most anticipated of the year because the team needs to come out and follow up what they just did. And it's on before football. It's on before. I know that because I have my game to watch at three o'clock. Go Packers, right. by the way, little sidebar. But right. the game's on at noon. It's, it's Sunday. They're playing a good team in Rutgers. It's at home. If you haven't tuned in, this is the game to watch because this is, this is the most important game of the year so far, without a doubt. I think we're all excited about this Iowa win, but your point is is the salient one. Sunday's huge. Um, Sunday is one of the bigger games of Archie's era because, dude, like you got to res- – how do you respond? I mean, how do you respond to this you big to win? That you don't – that's a fluke. I mean, I, honestly, like it's, it's such a roller coaster, this, this Rutgers game, where I will be all in on this team if they come out and blow them out. If they come out and oh. blow the doors off them, I'm going to get really excited about going man to that Michigan be, right? game. That would be that would be nuts. A right. man dream. But if they if they lay an egg and, and and look, I mean, and let's be clear, by the way, a win against Rutgers, I don't care how it looks, that team's a good team. Like that's not a terrible team. Like like right. if you win by one point, fine, but just win the freaking game because they have not shown an ability to do that. Nonetheless, as I've said, it's a very exciting win where you've got a lot of guys playing well. And that's something that I don't think we've always been able to say. Um, yep. So so let's all support the team in that Rutgers game. Um, obviously, yeah, like you said, before football, before your Packers, um, you're, you're rooting for a team uh, who's currently in the Final Four. I'm rooting for a team in the New York Knicks, who's currently 500. We just beat the Golden State Warriors, 8-8, eight and eight, uh, Tom Thibodeau. You guys want to watch a real team and stop watching IU. Go watch the Knicks uh, under Tibbs. Okay. All right. <laughs> this let's, is uh, let's settle it down here. Let's this settle it is. Down. I mean, if they keep this up, but I'm not. I'm not going to talk Knicks. Really Randall, the best player in basketball. You just have to tune in and watch. I, I mean, that's that's on the table right now. Uh, he went what 16, 17, and nine tonight for Randall. He's averaging uh, better than Anthony Davis. Um, let's not look at the fact that Davis is only playing 30 minutes. No, numbers and... numbers don't lie. Um, <laughs> numbers don't lie. Here's what you need to do. Never look at minutes under a Tibbs team <laughs> because exactly. it will always be inflated uh, because he just likes to run his guys into the ground, which, hey, more power to you. Um, if it yeah. ball games. I'm going to okay. stop talking Knicks uh, to an IU audience. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking Packers to an okay. IU audience. Yeah, we're focused on IU. Um yeah, I think we're just excited. Um, and and you have any final thoughts before we sign off here uh, after this win? We've, we've kind of gone all over the place here. 
<laughs> I know we've been kind of all over the map. Um, really just an impressive win. Um, don't don't look too much into us being negative about the future. We'll cross that bridge when it comes. Let's let's focus on now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just just a good win. Feels good tonight. Um, I think that's all I got. Absolutely. Uh, Mason, thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah. I do have to say uh, my my buddy Nick Bomber just tweeted at me that that he wanted me to mention his free throw rate stat uh, in my article. So I'm throwing that in now. IU won this game because of their free throw rate. Nick, if you're listening, shout out uh, to you. Uh, Mason, we did, again. We did make the same amount that they shot. Um, let's exactly. We missed 14 others, but we did make 21. They only shot 21. So Exactly. Uh, free throw rate. It's taking <laughs> over. Uh, Nick, shout, shout out to you if you're listening. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mason, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. I appreciate it.